Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to episode 230 of the Falcoholic Live. I'm your host, Kevin Knight at Falcoholic. Kevin, joined by my longtime co-host now at ESPN, Eric Robinson at underscore Eric underscore Robinson. Joining as a guest, always love to get Eric on when he's got the availability and tonight was a good time to do so as we get into the front seven of free agency Eric, I know you're a big fan of the front seven and prioritizing that area of the team. So I figured you'd be the perfect guy to bring on. But before we get into that, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty well, man. And, you know, if you're a Falcons fan, you should also be a fan of the front seven since this team hasn't had much of a front seven in recent years. <laughs> so we should all be aware <laughs> yeah. of, of what that can be. aware, what yes. Do. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's... Uh, it's an it's definitely unique as opposed to the last two years where the Falcons are basically working with scraps uh, that they do have a lot of money to throw around so we can actually talk about the premium names whereas in years past it was like well we could ignore the top five guys on the list because there's no way they could afford right. them but now we can talk about pretty much every free agent and obviously they're not going to be interested in every single one of these players but they might be interested in a couple of them. Um, and they'll probably, knowing Terry Fontenot and how he's bargain shopped, I don't think he's going to completely abandon that strategy. I do believe Fontenot is going to continue to go try to get those bargain guys as well. But they can open up the checkbook a yeah. little bit more if they have premium players they want to add. Right. Yeah, I, I, I think they're, you're still, you're still going to get the f- efficient spending from Fontenot. Um, you're just going to get it with with bigger contracts, basically, is, is is how I'm looking at it. I don't I don't see him as a guy that's just going to you know throw money away unless they really covet a certain player. Um, so yeah, I, I still think they're going to be they're going to be wise with their money this offseason. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And before we dive in, guys, want to remind you of the usual stuff, right? Like and subscribe if you're watching live with us on YouTube. Those metrics really help us out. If you're listening to the podcast audio, leave us that five-star review. And uh, if you're interested in supporting the show, you can hit up the Patreons, patreon.com slash live. Or if you're interested in asking a question, you can do that at the link in the show description, streamlabs.com slash thefalcoholic slash tip. And we will be happy to answer any and all uh, questions. They don't necessarily have to be Falcons related. You know, if, it, it would help if they are so we can keep the show flowing in one direction. But that's up to you. You know, you're, if you want to create chaos, I guess that's on you. Uh, but we do appreciate all that support, guys. Thank you so much for that. Uh, now the, uh, the, we don't have advertisers, so, you know, I just advertise, you know, us. So that, that, now that that quick ad read is out of the way, uh, we can get to the actual content (laughs) here. It's very efficient ad read and it's nice that we're just, you know, pimping our own stuff. But, um, yeah, let's, 
let's get started with the position that seems to be at the forefront of everyone's minds. Uh, and that's Edge. That Edge has probably been the weakest position on the roster for as long as I can remember. Um, I mean, going back to... There was a brief moment, I think 2016, when they had Dwight Freeney in here and Vic Beasley decided to have his one good season... And they actually had a pretty good rotation going in 2016 and 2017. But other than that, it's been a steady downhill slide for the edge group. Uh, the Falcons don't have much under contract. They do have a few pretty intriguing young players, right? They they have Arnold Epicady. They have D'Angelo Malone, who didn't play a ton, but definitely has uh, some potential. And then they've got guys uh, like Ade Ogundiji, who had sort of a down year, but, you know, the team seems to like him. I mean, they gave him almost 50% of the snaps. Quentin Bell uh, was re-signed to a futures contract. And then uh, David Aneni, a uh, friend of the show, David Aneni, uh, who we interviewed in the pre- uh, in the offseason, ended up finally getting to the Falcons. Uh, that So that we, we did actually, you know, the interest that they showed pre-draft ended up being correct. They just didn't get him in the draft, but he is here. Um, he's a guy that I like as a potential developmental guy. But as you can see... Pretty pretty slim pickings here. We're definitely going to need an infusion of talent somewhere. Lorenzo Carter is a pending free agent. I know a lot of fans want to bring him back, but with the new coordinator coming in, not really sure if that's the route they're going to go at edge. That you know, Carter was perfect for like a Dean Pease defense, right, where he kind of does a little bit of everything, and I still think he could have a role here. But, uh, yeah, what do you think about the depth that the Falcons currently have and how big of a priority is adding to the edge group in free agency? Well, the one thing um, that we we've seen um, from New Orleans and the Saints is that they've you know throughout the years they've always had solid depth. Um, like that was I don't think that's ever really been an issue for them, um, even with you know even with Nielsen as the D line coach. So I think it may be a situation where he covets. Or, or he he sees the value that a guy like Lorenzo Carter brings and and will want to bring him back. I think that the guy played his butt off this year. Yeah. Um. Not necessarily in a starter role, but I can I definitely feel like he he brings plenty of value as a just a, a rotational guy going forward. And he's he's relatively he's still young. He's still only what twenty. Six, 27, maybe. 27, like that. Yeah, just turned 27 like uh, in December. So and yeah. he played, I think he played like 90 something percent of the snaps, which is absurd for a defensive end. Like, I mean, he was an outside linebacker technically, but like for an edge player to play that many snaps is really impressive. Right. So he, I mean, he was always, he, he didn't have the greatest sack numbers in the world, but, you know, he, he was solid in, in, uh, in run defense. And you know he he made a couple he made some plays he made some plays you go back to that Carolina game that pick six uh, right before the half that he that he read the screen perfectly and got into the into the path of the throw like that's those are things that you that you will you will want even on a rotational basis that and and you know his the special teams value that he brings as well he was the guy that returned the block punt. Um, against the Rams, he, he took that back to the house to uh, to lead a comeback or help help uh, steer a comeback for the Falcons on the road against the Rams. So yeah, I, I think Carter is should be back. But 
we'll we'll see going forward as far as a whole what they have. You you pointed out they have plenty of youth in Evacuating Malone, who I think you know with more development both can truly be solid pieces going forward. Um, Ogadeji, the inconsistencies were were prevalent this year yeah. and I, I think you saw that towards the end of the year where he's he started losing snaps to Malone um but again we'll see what they do depth wise with that um because he also brings special teams value as well in that aspect um but I'm pretty sure you feel the same way but even with Ebiketti and Malone two young guys that can that you can use going forward there's still a need for that that veteran edge rusher that lead ace in the hole mm-hmm. like it's just you, you they need one so bad yeah um but this, this is the perfect time to get one yeah absolutely i mean it, it's not the most star-studded free agent class at the top and we're, we're going to get to that you know there, there's a lot of depth though there's a lot of good players um you know this is probably a group that you're hoping to get an edge two out of if you do sign someone to a big deal um, and to be, to be clear, I think, I think Epicady has a pretty good shot of becoming like an edge two caliber player, like a eight to 10 sack sort of player. Um, I don't think mm-hmm. he's really ever going to be that, you know, miles Garrett type of guy. Those guys are rare enough as it is, but like, I don't really see that as his ceiling, but I, I do think he's going to be a very good player and certainly worth that second round pick. Um, right. To get that type of edge, you really have to nail a draft pick usually because they're so expensive when they do hit free agency that they're just ridiculous. Like, And most of the time they don't even hit free agency. You have to trade for them or something like that. So, you know, I, I don't necessarily think this is the draft class to get that guy either. And we'll definitely talk about that, you know, over time. I mean, the Falcons will have maybe a choice of someone like a Miles Murphy or a Tyree Wilson, who I think both are sort of more... Miles Murphy is more of a project than I sort of initially thought from like seeing him live and then watching more of his games. He's more inconsistent than I sort of hoped. And then Tyree Wilson, everybody knows he's a project, but you know, I mean, the traits are off the charts with Wilson and then, you know, Miles Murphy to a lesser extent, Um, you know, both guys that I think certainly have the potential to be that sort of top flight edge rusher, but haven't really put it together uh, thus far. I mean, Tyree Wilson's production has been better certainly, but um, (sighs) Yeah, I mean, you can you can see the potential with Tyree Wilson, and I think what I believe can easily be the reason why Wilson gets drafted over Murphy is because of the versatility, his ability yeah. to play four different techniques on a defensive line, compared to a guy like Miles Murphy, who you're not even sure can play stand up edge rusher. Is he more of a hand in the ground type guy? Um, but Wilson, you can move almost everywhere. Honestly, man, I don't I, I hope fans don't take this and run away with it. <laughs> but Tyree Wilson brings a little bit of Cam Jordan to the table, right? Just that yeah. big early defensive end that can stand up, that can line up anywhere across the line. He's not necessarily going to be a type of guy that's you know known for his speed, but his power and his versatility is what's going to keep him on the field. For, for all three downs. So I, I I wouldn't be surprised if Nielsen is looking at that and saying that's my Cam Jordan right there. Yeah, I, I do think that you're correct that he will probably go ahead of Miles Murphy because of that ridiculous length that he has. Miles Murphy has good length, don't get me wrong, but Terry Wilson's like 6'7". Um, mm-hmm. So I, I could see Wilson going to the Seahawks. He just he just feels like a Seahawks like top 
pick to me. Like he just kind of screams Seattle. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Detroit maybe. I mean, I don't really think Detroit needs any more defensive linemen. They should let the rest of the NFL have some. But you know, maybe. But like, they, you know, they might get greedy. Yeah, they might they get could. greedy. They could. Um, um, the one, thing, the one thing about Murphy though that stood out to me is there was just too many games where he was outplayed by his teammates. Yeah. For a guy that's considered a top ten pick. Like, yeah, was I mean he was a five star, like one of the top recruits yeah. in the country. He has, yeah. he's never really put it together. And Clemson's yeah. scheme has to be taken into account. It's a very like gap control focused mm-hmm. stop the run first scheme. It doesn't lend itself to a lot of production for the defensive linemen. That's yeah. always that's been a thing. Yeah, yeah. That was translated to the NFL level. Mm-hmm. It has. Um so, so is I don't want to knock him too much for that, you know, but it, right. It's something to take into account. I always like guys that have the production at the college level um, over the guys that don't. But, uh, you know, it, going off the traits, I think both are certainly top 10 caliber talents, but they make mm-hmm. me a little nervous. It's why I've started to to mock corner sometimes, to mock offensive tackle sometimes, right. because yeah. you could get yeah. the number one of those positions, a blue chip guy. And I'm not necessarily convinced that Murphy or Wilson are blue chip guys. I think they could be with development, but I don't think they're as much of a slam. I mean, nobody's really a slam dunk, but I, I like, I think like a Christian Gonzalez or Devon Witherspoon is like a safer pick or like a Paris Johnson, Broderick Jones, Skaronsky, whatever. Those are all going to make me feel a little bit more comfortable that you're going to nail the pick as opposed to Murphy yeah. or Wilson. But um, there's, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, I Knowing this regime, I really doubt they're going to reach on an edge because I, I think we could see like, three go before eight. So at that point, I just don't see them taking an edge, but we'll see. We'll see. I know Nielsen's going to emphasize the defensive line, but, uh, absolutely. But that could happen in free agency, right? Which is the the topic of the show specifically. Um, and like I said, not necessarily a star studded group. Um, but I think it's a deep one with a lot of guys that can contribute, you know, that probably the, you know, Robert Quinn is out there, but I really don't think he's someone you pursue seriously. You know, he's 33 coming off a season where he really didn't even get much playing time with the Eagles, like at all. Um, and that doesn't necessarily he, I, mean a lot, right? Cause it's the Eagles, but, <laughs> but it's, it's funny because didn't he, when he got traded, I think he only had like one sack with the bears. Yeah. Right. And that's all he, he finished with. One he sack. Yeah. Yeah. He finished one sack all year and then didn't really do much in the postseason. So yeah, I, I don't know. Is that a drop off or is that right. just a weird thing? Yeah. And if his price tag comes down to like 5 million, then absolutely. I'll, I'll take a flyer on that. But, um, you know, I think his price tag is going to be higher because of his reputation. So I, I would back off of that. I would, I would want to focus on guys, you know, under 30 because I, I would like someone that you could potentially build around. Um, and the one mm-hmm. name that everybody brings up, of course, is Yannick Ngakwe, who had a good, very good season with the Colts, nine sacks, you know, more of your three, four guy, but, we, we've heard this team talk about how they're going to maintain their sort of hybrid front. And of course, you know, even in New Orleans, they still tended to run a lot of 4-3 under stuff. So you can have that sort of stand-up rusher on one side of your defense. It's not a problem. Um, and I think, you know, Yannick Ngakwe is, is a, a good talent, but he's going to be the most expensive option by far. I mean, I think he could push $15 million a year coming off a nine-sack season. But what do you think about someone like Ngakwe? Are you interested in going for that, like, top-of-the-market option at Edge? I I would be. Um, yeah, and you you mentioned that he, he played a decent amount of stand-up um, with 
with Indy. Um, but you got to also keep in mind, he's also been to other spots in the league where they did not require him. That he, he was more of a 4-3 traditional guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he was going, he started off with the Jags and that's, you know, that's where he, you know, started to, to get his feet wet in the league. And, you know, even in that particular aspect as a 4-3 in there, he was very productive. He was solid. Um, and then you, a lot of people forget that he, he had a stint with, with the Vikings. He had a stint with the Ravens as well. He had a stint with the, with the Raiders. Um, so he's bounced around a little bit and in a weird way you normally don't yeah. see. And he, it's not like he hasn't been productive. No, he, I think like eight, he, he's had no fewer than eight sacks in any season and he's no, still getting bounced in, around. In, in, it's in, weird. Right. He's been in, he's been in the league for what? Seven years. I want to say. Yeah. Um, seven seasons. But yeah, and his worst season is eight sacks, which is yeah. like so you can auto you can you can say he's automatic for eight sacks at least, but you don't normally see a guy play for five teams in seven years and is that productive. Yeah. Um. So we'll we'll see um how that is. I I'll be willing to 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 kick fifteen million out. Is it's. it's it's a position where you, I mean, you gotta, you gotta nail it in this league. And I think he's as close as you're going to get as someone in the market this year, as a guy that can definitely be a reliable edge rusher for this team. Like, I mean, just think, just think about that, Kevin, like mm-hmm. we will have, we would at least know in the back of our mind, Yannick is going to give, if he's healthy, he's going to give us eight or nine sacks at least. Yeah. Like what? Wouldn't that be a luxury for? Yeah, for a team he'd be like, like the best Falcons sacker by like four sacks last year or something. So. <laughs> yeah, like this is a team that can't even reach twenty sacks. So having a guy like that that's automatically going to give you almost half of that every year. I'm like, that's mm-hmm. I'll be willing to take that, even if it's slightly overpriced by you know two or three million maybe. Yeah. And you got to pay a premium for that top guy, and maybe he even ends up pushing that number when it's all said and done. I mean, who knows? But um, right. I do, and he—it's not like he's been a slouch against the run either. He had three missed tackles last year. That's it. You know, that's less than ten percent missed tackle rate. That's good. I think he had like I don't know uh, eight tackles for loss. You know, he's cons- been a consistent tackles for loss guy too. Um, what is yeah. it? Twenty-seven pressures, thirty-six the year before. Man, his rookie <laughs> season—he had fifty-one pressures, dude. That is nuts. Like that's that nuts, man. Like, yeah. It's it's, again, it's crazy to see a guy with that type of production that's been yeah. in so many spots. Yeah, it's unusual, but I do think his flexibility to stand up or put his hand in the dirt probably appeals to this defense. Um, you know, I think it makes him a fit everywhere, and that could end up driving his price up because a lot of teams will be interested. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely enjoyed. Uh, watching him, I think he's continued to play well, and he's just 27. He will be 28 just for 27. the yeah. He'll be 28 for the 2023 season. I think he turns 28 in like a month or two. Um, but that's like you sign him to a three year deal, four year deal, and he's gonna be you know 32 at the end of it. You know he's probably. I mean you're you're feeling pretty good that he's still playing at a high level at age 32. Yeah, you, so you're giving you're giving 14, 15, maybe 16 million a year to a guy that's in his prime. Like this yeah. is, I, I'll be willing to do that. Yeah, and this is not a Dante Fowler situation where he has one good season and then he gets an extension. Like we said, this has been a consistent 
productive pass rusher and run defender over his entire career. This is not a one-hit wonder. He's done it on like five different teams. I think that gives you a lot of confidence that he can make it work in pretty much any system. He's just a really good player. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm certainly interested in him. Um, you know, more so than I thought I would be when I first started looking at him, to be honest. But um, well, he's, he's arguably the cream of the crop yeah. at the end spot this, yeah. this offseason. So. Yeah, and the other big name is Jadavian Clowney, who's definitely sort of been having some down years. Um, I still expect him to get paid like $10 million plus, which makes me sort of not interested. But he's a great run defender, so he has that probably over in Ngakwe, who's a fine run defender, but probably not as impactful. You know, Clowney's always been known as sort of that really good run defender. But, um, you know, Clowney is also 30, so I'd probably stay out of the Clowney sweepstakes. Uh, sweepstakes. You know, I, I just... I don't know what Clowney we're going to get yeah. at this stage of his career. Yeah. So and it's I'm like, like he didn't produce on the Browns last year who had this great defensive line. So, right. I mean, it's right. You're playing opposite Miles Garrett and you yeah. still didn't really still move made the needle yeah. a whole lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, some other names and that sort of like next tier um, guys like Marcus Davenport, who is coming off a really, really bad year, but I still expect to probably, oh, no. what do you think he's going to end up getting? Like I sort of, I had him penciled in at eight million, probably on like a one-year deal. But like, I mean, what do you think? I mean, I could see he's, Nielsen he's, being like, "I believe in Davenport. Let's bring him in for a one-year deal and see what we got." And I don't hate it, but I can I can see that too. Um, I can actually see the team bringing him in for like and, and signing him to like a three-year deal. Honestly, wow, he's not he's not worth it. But somebody's going to give him double digits. Yeah, I wouldn't even. I wouldn't be interested in that. Yeah, Some, somebody will. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm afraid. I'm afraid of that. Somebody's going to give it to him. I believe his market value was like, I think it was like twelve or thirteen. I believe, which is, I don't know why you want to give a guy. Like no, that. it doesn't make any sense to me because this he played fifteen. He played in fifteen games last year, right? Half sack is all he mustered. Two tackles for loss. That's it. Uh, the year before, that's he had nine sacks and nine tackles for hell. loss, and that that's you know pretty good, right? <laughs> according to sports, according to to Spot Track, you want to know what his annual market value is right now? Is it lo- really lower? Why? Like I, I don't understand. He played. It's not like he yeah. was. I mean, maybe he was hurt, but like he played fifteen games, had a half sack. Okay. And the best he's ever done is nine sacks. But the year before, he had one and a half. The year before that, he had six. And the year before that, he had four and a half. So why is he worth $20 million? He's not coming four off years. a good season. Four years, $93 million is his market value right now. I just, I completely would not be no. interested. I would hang up the phone. Okay. I don't know who would give him that money. Like, like I said, he's coming off a, a half sack season. Where he and played the, the thing, almost 500 snaps. And the, the funny thing about it is his name was brought up a ton with the team at the trade deadline. And I didn't, I wasn't even, I wasn't even certain then, like, why are we bringing his name up? He has not been a productive guy. Like, fans wanted to kick tires on him at the trade deadline. I mean, he's... Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, 
I don't think he's getting anywhere close to twenty million. I would be shocked he's if he's get, getting more than ten, to be honest. But he's not going to get twenty-three. He he shouldn't get twenty-three. But the fact that his value is there is shocking enough. I, and like you mentioned, he honestly he shouldn't even get a he shouldn't even get twelve million. Like I, he's a. I don't see it, man. Inconsistencies, the injuries, um, and like you said, this past year was was brutal. Like yeah. it was, it was. He was he was a liability on the field at times. Yes. I, He's, he has played, he's never played more than 15 games in a season, 13 games in his rookie year, 13 games, his sophomore or second year, 11 games the year after 11 games the year after that. And he did play 15 this last year, but I mean, I don't, I don't know where the value's coming from because he's had one, if this was 2021, I could see the 20 million because he's coming off a nine sack season. Um, and he is just, he'll be like, I don't know. He'll be playing 27. Think, he'll be 27 right when the season starts. Um, so like yeah. he's young, but so he's like, still, yeah, if, if he's anywhere close to that, if he's above 10, like I don't see anyone giving him a multi-year contract. I, I think maybe someone gives him eight, 10, 12 million, one year prove it deal type money. But like I yeah. coming off a half sack season with two tackles for loss to your name and like 10 pressures, like who's, I just don't see NFL teams lining up. Yeah. Uh, 15 how with nine weeks? starts. He had five, almost 500 snaps, a half sack, 14 pressures and two tackles for loss. That's opposite of Cam Jordan. That's like Ogandiji numbers. I'm not paying. Og- no offense to Ogandiji. Well, maybe a little bit of offense. Sorry, Ogandiji. I don't mean to dunk on you, but like, I'm not paying Ogandiji 20 million a year. So why is he valued? I don't, I think Spotrax numbers are messed up, man. I don't, I don't understand. I, think I just don't so. get I'm it. Not, again, I'm not, I'm not paying him 10 years now. If 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 the if the staff wants to convince me, hey, we'll give him, we'll give him a two year deal worth, I don't know, eight million a year, and we make that second year avoided year, with some incentives sprinkled in, you know, you gotta you gotta play you gotta play fifteen you gotta play at least fifteen games you gotta have at least double digit starts, you yeah. gotta see at least x amount of snaps. Then I'm like, okay, you know what? I, I I'll be all right with that. I'll be all yeah. right with that because you're still you're still making him prove himself in the league, even at this age, at 27. You're still saying, hey, you still got a ways to go, and you need to prove yourself. And the money is going to be aligned for you if you're able to approve it. You know, if you're able to prove yourself. So yeah, yeah, I'll be okay with that. Yeah, I think if they if they were to do like a what like I, maybe Nielsen could convince him to come here on a cheaper one-year deal to rehabilitate his value. Because I, like, I, I think if he was a free agent last year, he might've been getting 20 million a year, but coming off this year, I just can't believe it. So he may be looking for a place where he can go and blow up and then get that paycheck again. And I think it would behoove him to, to sign a one-year prove it deal. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. That it's just it, he's such a risky proposition. I just don't. I don't want to get in any. If it's above ten million, I am all the way out um, on that. But but, but I, will, I will be honest with you. I'll be honest with you, Kevin. I really part of me really feels like he'll be a Falcon. He might be, but I, 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 I as long as it's I, not I, huge money. I just feel years. Like, yeah, I feel like Nielsen is going to say, "Bring him in. I can develop him. I can." I can polish him. I can make him into a, a guy. And I see the team signing him this offseason, honestly. I also wonder if Nielsen might know, like, oh, 
this guy did not pan out, I'm going to stay away because he has more information than anybody else. (laughs) So it's actually the opposite. (laughs) That way, if the team doesn't even talk to him, then yes, that will probably be the case. Nielsen is like, no. Yeah. He's, he's like, actually, I know this is not going to work. Like, I know more than anyone else. I'm staying away. Like, <laughs> yeah, that but, would that would say a lot. Yeah, it would. Um, some other names I got for Edge. Let's see. Pull up my list here. Uh, Samson Ebukam from the 49ers. Uh, really, really good run defender. Mm-hmm. Had a nice year as a pass rusher, too. Arden Key from the Jaguars has been a popular name. Uh, another 49er, Charles Amenahue. Somebody I really liked coming out of the draft. Uh, Ogbania Okoronkwo, sort of an underrated guy from the Texans. I think he had like over five sacks with the Texans, which is a disaster team. If you can, if you can produce on a bad defensive line, I, I like you. And then uh, Kyle Granderson right. from the Saints, who thoroughly outplayed Marcus Davenport. And uh, uh, let's see, he had almost the same amount of snaps. Kyle Granderson had five and a half sacks and nine tackles for loss along with uh, mm-hmm. the same amount of pressures overall in one missed tackle. I would much rather get Carl Granderson, Eric, for what is probably going to be four or five million a year than uh, Marcus Davenport mm-hmm. or whatever crazy numbers Botrex uh, putting out there. But any of those Another guys that guy, you're interested in? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, Arden Key for sure. Arden Key intrigues me a lot. Um, but I feel I, I also feel like they may look at that and say, hey, we got an Arden Key in Malone. We think yeah, we yeah. Think we they kind of have two of that guy right now. Right, two of that type of guy. One guy that comes to mind, uh, Dwayne Smoot from Jacksonville. Mm, they yeah. wanted to go a cheaper route, get a veteran guy in. He's had five sacks over the last four years, at least five sacks over the last four years. He's 27. Um didn't I don't think he's I mean I don't think he no he didn't start he didn't start a game this year but in 15 games five sacks he had a season in the injury of course um but he he um six sacks in 2021 and he also has six sacks in 2019 um as a and and I think he really brings solid size six three two seventy um that's so I, that's a guy I would I would kick the tires on and give him maybe six seven million a year and say hey come on in and add to this rotation here that's a that's a guy that 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 comes to mind for me yeah yeah no that that's a good one as well uh Dwayne's for sure um yeah Yeah. I I find myself more interested in these like if either Ngakwe or maybe like some of these other guys like I think Omenahue or Okoronkwo or Granderson or Key or you know Smoot like I I like the, the, the idea of adding another just good rotational guy in there. Um, would you would you be disappointed if they walked away this offseason without adding one there? I think they need to add somebody, but may, it could be the draft also. Like if they if they re-sign Lorenzo Carter and then they draft an edge, that's already like four guys that you're like because you've already got that's like almost five guys that are already like already like guys that you probably want to keep right because you've got your three drafted guys in Katie Malone and Ogundeji and then you've got Carter plus the guy you just drafted so that's already five guys um so you know at, at that point like it's not like you need to necessarily add somebody else in free agency but I'd probably rather that they add somebody 
in free agency and jettison Okandeji personally, but maybe I'm just an Okandeji hater. Yeah. I don't know, but I mean, and he could still yeah. get better. He's only played two years. I mean, it's, it's, it's not, yeah. you know, I, like his I story just, is completely written either, but I, I given, given the need and given the fact that they have money this off season, I, I would be slightly disappointed if they didn't sign a veteran edge rusher. I just feel like there's so much youth already in the locker room. And you need to me, you need a guy that's been been around the block five, six, seven years or whatever. He's he's been productive enough and you're bringing him in and you're letting him add to the nucleus. I, I I'm not a, I'm I, if fans follow me on Twitter or whatever. I'm I'm really I'm tired of the youth movement. Let's be honest. Like, <laughs> I'm tired. Like we've we've done the youth movement for so long. Let's get some guys that are that has been around the block, man. That sacked a few quarterbacks in the league. That's my we, thing. You need a veteran presence, no matter what. Like you need at least one yeah. veteran in every at position. Least group, I think yeah. at least one. It doesn't have yeah. to be Yannick, but at least one. Yeah, and I, I I agree with you there. I like that idea. Um, moving on to the interior defensive line, I think this is one of, if not the strongest free agent group in all of free agency. Like, the interior defensive line group is just absolutely stacked with guys. Um, I mean, Javon Hargrave, Dalvin Tomlinson, Deron Payne, David Onyemata, Larry Ogunjobi, you know, Sean Robinson, Puna Ford, Jordan Phillips, Sheldon Rankins. How much, I mean, how much are you giving I'm probably not getting involved with the Deron Payne sweepstakes, to be honest with you. You're not. Yes, because I think the price will be over twenty million, and I think, I think the difference between Deron Payne and like David Onyemata is not worth the ten million difference in what they're going to get paid. Now, Deron Payne is better and a little bit younger, but what if, I what also if what if it's sixteen? Sixteen million. I mean, I would be interested in that at that price. Yeah, for sure. I would sign him at that price, no question. But I, I think it's going to be 20 plus because Washington wants to keep him. So that's already going to raise the price. Other teams, I mean, he's the top defensive line free agent on the market. So I, I think just not getting involved is probably the best option. Although I do love the idea of him coming to Atlanta. I mean, he played like almost 90% of the snaps, which is just ridiculous for an interior player. Uh, but like, I think you could get, David Onyemata and Dalvin Tomlinson for the same price as Deron Payne. And I'd probably rather go that route just because it also protects you a little bit more from injury. Like if Payne gets hurt, then you're just screwed. Whereas like if you could sign two guys and it's like, Oh, maybe you still have help. You know, if one of them gets hurt. So I, I do love the intrigue of having him and Grady Jarrett on the yeah. same line together. Yeah. Like that would be absolutely beautiful. Everyone knows the quickest way to the quarterback is the interiors over the center mm-hmm. and to have those two guys pushing the pocket, that, that would be absolutely beautiful. Um, yeah. I, I would be, well, I, I think 16 is the ceiling for me. Yeah. I, I think I'm he's going to get 20. Yeah. He's yeah. He, he's probably going to get close to 20 or, or at least he's going to ask for 20. Yeah. He should. Very <laughs> he should. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I would, I would, I would pass on that. But again, you mentioned, Anumata, another guy, another New Orleans guy that has so much familiarity with Ryan Nielsen. Um, and that's a guy I would definitely want to add to the locker room. He was underrated um, in New Orleans because the, the D-line was so deep. 
but he was a guy, you know, that was a constant force on the interior. Um, and he, he played, he played off a lot of the, the guys quite well. Um, yeah. he's not going to win 30, right? I think he's like 29 or he's, something like that. David Oyamata is going to be 31 and 20 in the 2023 oh, he's season. Always- so he's gotcha. a, he's a two to three year guy, but the interior guys tend to last longer. Um, so that, yeah. that helps. And he's not, it's not like he's 34 or something, but yeah, that that's, right. and that's part of why he'll be cheaper too. I think, mm-hmm. I think with the Nielsen connection and the Fontenot connection, um, you know, I think the Falcons should be a favorite for acquiring him and, you know, shy Tuttle too. Like, I mean, I, I think both of those guys are, are guys I'd like to add. Both won't be prohibitively expensive. You know, Anyamata is probably going to be asking for close to 10, Shy Tuttle, mm-hmm. just a few million, you know, maybe three. Um, I think those two would would help a lot. But if that's just scratching the surface, I mean, there's so many guys like you know Larry Ogunjobi, Zach Allen is a guy that I'm really interested in. Um, I, want, I wanted them to. Me too. I yeah. really wanted to bring in Og- Ogunjobi yeah, last offseason after yeah. at that that uh, failed that, physical. Yeah. Um, he was going to be cheap. And the Steelers brought him in on like a one-year deal for like five million dollars. I'm like, man, they the Falcons have that. I, I, I don't yeah. see why. What about what about Draymond Jones from Denver? I love Draymond Jones. I think he's going to be one of the top guys on the market too. Uh, I would certainly be interested. Okay. He'll be cheaper than Daron Payne. He'll probably be like closer to that sure. ten to fifteen number. But I mean, I would be interested for sure. But he's also had five. Either I think he's had like five and a half sacks for. Each of the last three seasons, yeah. So he's been he's been a productive guy in Denver. Um, I yeah, I think he'd be a lot cheaper as well. I I would I would not mind bringing him in as well. I I would consider giving him roughly ten nine ten a year maybe. Yeah, and see if he wants to come in and, and add to this interior. Yeah, and there's I mean there's just so many guys like it goes down from the top guys we we mentioned a bunch of them already right but like. You know, Javon Hargrave is another one that's going to be in the mix. He's going to be 30 this year, but still an excellent player. We mentioned Dalvin Tomlinson, Ogunjobi. Um, yeah. you know, Puna Ford of the Seahawks is another really good player. I've always been a big fan of Sean Robinson uh, as a guy. Sheldon. Yeah, Sean Rankins. Um, you know, Sean not necessarily the flashiest pass rusher, but I think he's like legitimately one of the best run defending defensive linemen in the NFL. I mean, he's just so good in that area. Um mm-hmm. You know, and you mentioned Sean Rankins, Jordan Phillips. They're looking for a nose. Um, Phillips was another guy I was thinking of. Yep. Yeah, he's, a, um, he's another guy. Jaron, uh, Jaron, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. Bay. This this is a great year to need an interior defensive lineman. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, like just, just find one. Yeah, and that's why I think they come away with two guys from the. And this this is why, like, I tell people to back off of wanting the Falcons to draft defensive like defensive tackles because I think they're gonna sign two. Um, and when you've already got Grady and you've already got Taquan Graham, who you like, there's only room for like maybe one more guy. And that, I think that they should still draft a defensive tackle, but like people are like, oh, they should draft like three defensive linemen. It's like, there's not room on the roster for that many guys if they add people in free agency. So like calm down with wanting them to draft like 15 defensive linemen. Like they're going to draft maybe one edge and one interior guy. And that's fine. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But I mean, it, it's. Um, but I do, I mean, even if you go down to the depth, I mean, there's just interesting guys like up and down. I mean, um, you know, John Kaminsky 
had like a tremendous season with the Lions, right? Uh, like at, right after we cut him, just had like an awesome yeah. season, you know. Uh, he's probably never coming back here because we we like wronged him, but uh, <laughs> you know. Um, I, um, I, yeah. I personally, I personally believe they're gonna. I do think I can see the team going to get two interior guys, but I think it's gonna be one drafted, one free agent guy, um, just to create that two deep depth there yeah. with Tom Graham and Jared already in place. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they. Like I said, get a guy like Draymond Jones and then, you know, go after a guy like uh, Keanu, Keanu Benton out of Wisconsin yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, on, on day, late in day two. Um, yeah. I, oh, I would definitely, yeah, I, I would be surprised there. I love Benton too, man. Oh, yeah. Benton is a horse. He was so fun at the Super He was definitely one of the more fun guys to watch there. I liked, uh, if they if they want to wait, like Gerard Clark from um, Coastal Carolina too, was a guy I, I hadn't yeah. watched at all prior to Senior Bowl. And he was, a light, not light, like he's actually heavier than, you know, Keanu Benton, but like uh, a cheaper version, we'll say, of Benton. Not as high a ceiling as a pass rusher, but another really strong. Mm-hmm. He he batted down like three passes. I mean, you could just tell the guy has a feel for that aspect of the game, mm-hmm. which is underrated, honestly, in my opinion. Like, because a nose tackle, a lot of times you're going to get stonewalled in your pass rush. It happens. Like, you're not mm-hmm. the fastest guy you're big, you're two gapping, whatever. You're going to get two guys on you. You can't get to the quarterback. What can you do? You put your hand up. And he just, I mean, he batted down like three passes at the senior bowl. Underrated aspect of, of an interior guy is to just impact the throwing lane. And, and I like that from him. But as you guys can see, like interior defensive line, they could go in so many different directions. I think they signed two guys from this group. I think one is potentially going to be a high-end guy. One is more of that like good starter, rotational player type guy like a shy Tuttle or a, you know, Jordan Phillips type of guy, not like your 15 million sort of player, but another just yeah, good yeah. interior guy. And then I think yeah. if they add a draft pick to that, you're probably pretty satisfied because look, they do have take Graham. They do have Grady Jarrett. They have Abdullah Anderson, who I think is fine as like the first guy off the bench, you know, the second guy off the bench type of guy. Like, I mean, he's, he's a good depth player. Um, Timmy Horn. you know, maybe Timmy Horn, turns into something i think he's yeah. someone you'd, you'd rather have on your practice squad for another year probably um but like you know maybe ryan nielsen comes in and coaches him up to be great you know whatever but um i think this is the this is where i would sign multiple guys and and the depth of the class is going to reduce the price of especially the depth guys whereas like yeah at the edge group where it's not as deep, you're going to see guys get more money than they probably should. With the defensive tackle group, you're going to see the top guys getting big money, of course. But the depth guys might get their value pushed down because these there's so many good players, teams are going to scoop them up. And then there's going to be a lot of guys left that are going to have to take less money. It's the way the business works some years. Um, but the Falcons can be beneficiaries because they can afford to give some of these depth players a little bit more money than other mm-hmm. teams might be willing to offer them because they have so much space. So they could be like, oh, Shy Tuttle's getting offers, you know, for $2 million from a bunch of teams. So the Falcons could say, we'll give you three. We'll give you three for two. We'll give mm-hmm. you $6 million over two years uh, to come mm-hmm. here because we have the extra money and you've got the connection. Mm-hmm. And that that could be the way they could close the deal on some of those guys. So um, I definitely like this. That's probably my favorite group of all the free agent groups so far that I've looked at. And yeah. I think they can they can really improve that group with a couple of guys there and a, and a draft pick and and I think it's probably going to be more like they're not going to draft a D tackle at eight I can tell you that right now because Brian Brzee is not a top ten pick 
I don't know who needs to hear that, but uh, I know he was getting mocked there early. Why is he not? Why is he not to you? The production's not good enough, and I mean traits wise, sure, but I there's just too many players that are better. Like I, I've heard buzz that he might fall to like the late twenties. Um, and I mean the production was was just not there. Um, but we all know like. If, if you've followed Brzee's story, like he, he's dealt with a lot, right? Like off field stuff, not like bad. Like, I mean, he didn't do anything wrong. Like it, it's, you know, I think his sister died unexpectedly. Like all this stuff happened this year. And that obviously is going to play into it. So you don't want to ding him too much for that, but it, it raises, he's never been a super productive player. He's never really hit on that five-star potential. I'm not, he's, you know, he's, in he's, top ten. He's going yeah. to be more of a guy that's drafted based on traits. Yes. Um, you know, for a guy that's 6'5", 305, 310, the way he moves it's so ridiculous. fluidly. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's nuts. You can't teach that. He has it. Um, I, I can see him go top ten, especially if it's a situation where, like you mentioned earlier, three edges going to top yes. eight or something like that. I can see Seattle can see, take him. Yeah. <laughs> I can see Seattle taking him. I can see um I can see the Raiders taking yeah, him. Yeah. I can see I can see the Lions taking him to add uh next to Aiden Hutchinson. Um, because they have two first rounders. They may look at yep, him and say, yep. Hey, this is let's just throw some at the wall and see if it stick. Um honestly, I can even see I can I I can see the Panthers taking a swing at him as well. Um, just to add, just to have him next to um, Derek Brown, um, and and create that nucleus going forward with him, Derek Brown, and, and Brian Burns. I can I can see that happening as well, yeah. uh, especially if they lose Ionitis in free agency this all season. So, right. um, yeah, I I I think I agree with you. The production for Brissy was not yeah. there going to be traced that's and he gets washed against the run but again like it's easier to coach up the run <laughs> you know it's easier I, yeah, to coach up the run defending to be fair but yeah he, he got de- not he got annihilated against the run it, it was embarrassing at times but you're he's, not drafting a defensive look- tackle in the top eight to stop the run okay like <laughs> but he's probably he's probably going to look good in the underwear olympics oh yeah he's going to crush the combine yeah he's, for sure he's probably gonna yeah. yeah but uh not not for me not at eight but Definitely a first round talent. I just mm-hmm. would, he's a guy that I think you take in the twenties and you're probably pretty happy and you feel good about it. But if you take him before that, mm-hmm. I think it's really risky. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I guys, yes, the Panthers are probably going to take a quarterback, but at this point we don't know if they are going to, if they sign somebody, then they're, then they're right. not going to take a quarterback. But like, quarterback, I, I think right. they're, they're going to, they're going to take a quarterback. Yes, you're right. They're going to take a quarterback. But, like, we we don't know, you know, until they officially don't sign a quarterback in free agency, we don't, don't know that for sure. I don't know if that's a – They're taking a, a quarterback. They're taking a quarterback, Eric. It's going to happen. They've boxed, them, they've boxed themselves into this corner by refusing to do it, you know, for the past, like, five years. So they, they've so made you, this bed. You, yeah. So you, so you guys foresee – I guess fans foresee him – foresee the team taking a guy like Anthony Richardson and saying, hey, let's go forward with it. Like, I yep. just – Yeah. I, there's I think, no – Or they trade up aggressively. I think that's also in the cards. Um, but they're going to have to compete with the Colts too. So <laughs> it's, a mess. Like, it's a mess. It's a mess. 
there's teams ahead of them that can trade up and and offer better value, and the team that like the uh, the Bears will have to drop all the way down to the bottom half of the yeah. top ten. It's so gonna be this that. is what's gonna happen, Eric. Okay, I've already I've got it all planned out. You see, I got it. I have okay. my machinations already ready to go. So okay. the the, the Colts are gonna trade up to one with the Bears I think the and take. Really? I think the Raiders are going to sign Jimmy Garoppolo. That's that doesn't that that team screams I think, I think Jimmy Garoppolo. Easy, I think it's easily going to be Jimmy or they're going to say let's balls to the wall. Let's go get him. Let's go get Bryce Young. They're, they're going to be aggressive that. somehow some way at quarterback cuz I yeah. really think they wanted to to take a swing at Tom Brady this offseason. I'm sure they did. That that makes that yeah. does make sense to me also, but the Bears don't want to drop out of the top 4 because they want Jalen Carter right. or Will Anderson. So they, the right. lowest they will go is four. The best value they can right. get is by going to four. I think they're right. fine with either one of those guys like anyone should be. So I think right. the Bears go to four with the Colts. The And the Bears, or I don't know, what the, the Colts probably take Will Levis because that just screams, he just screams Colts to me. Um, but, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to lecture me on Will Levis, Eric. I'm right there with you, but. Trading up yeah. from four to one for Levis. Yes. Doesn't that just scream Colts to you? It does to me. Now, I could be wrong about that, but they're going to trade up to one. I know that. Then the Texans are going to take the actual best quarterback in the draft in Bryce Young. And then I think if if another team is aggressive, they'll probably trade to three with the Cardinals to get um their quarterback, whether that's C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, whatever. Um, so I could see the Panthers going up to three. Or to like five, uh, but ultimately, I think the Panthers are going to say we're going to take whoever falls to us at nine, um, and they're probably going to be probably that's not the best idea, right? But also, they don't have a lot of draft capital to trade either. So, like you know, it, that's it, what I'm saying. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I, can't, I can't see that with a team that already gave so they invested so much in Darnold. Remember, they took a guy like Matt Corral last year. Granted, this coaching staff did not draft him. Yes. Um, you still have PJ Walker lingering around there. I I don't and you bring in a guy like Frank Wright, who and and you have a staff, the staff is starting to look pretty damn good. Let me be, let me be honest. Yes. And you bring in guys like Jim Caldwell, Deuce Staley on your staff. I can't see them say I can't see Dave Tepper. Dave Tepper wants to win now. That's exactly why they're gonna see, trade up for a quarterback. <laughs> I can't see I can't see them saying let's Draft Anthony Richardson and let's go win now. Like I, this roster you, is a win now roster. It's not a. You have to understand. You know, develop. you've watched this Panthers team the past several years and how they've flopped and flipped and just failed at quarterback. What makes you think they're not going to do the exact same thing this year? Because nothing because has changed I, I, except the coaching staff, and clearly the coaching staff doesn't have any control over the quarterback situation. So <laughs> you, you got to look at you got to look at Frank Wright's career, man. Oh, he okay. Yeah, yeah. look at when point out a time where he was actually on board with drafting and developing a quarterback. Yeah, no, you I know, agree his, with you there. Yeah, it's time in Indy. They bought in Philip Rivers. They bought in Carson Wentz. They bought in Matt Ryan. They're gonna. You think he's gonna change? that style now because he's in Carolina and he's going to change it for a guy like Anthony Richardson is like two years away. I, I, that's why I don't think it's a guarantee. I mean, I don't disagree with you, but like, I, I, I think that they're, they're going to get like that GM, that, that they've, they like everything you've said is correct. Like, don't get me wrong, but Fitterer and the owner want the young quarterback. They've tried and failed twice now to get the veteran quarterback. 
yeah, now they're going to be like, no, that route doesn't work. Even they're, though they're just, the, even though the strategy wasn't bad, it was the guy they went after that was bad. But they're going to be like, no, no, the veteran right. route doesn't work. We're getting a rookie, and we don't care what we have to pay for it. And they're going to get a rookie, and maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. But like that that's sort of what I foresee happening just because. But unless they get Derek Carr, like they win the Derek Carr sweepstakes. But, you know, we'll see. Um, but, yeah. Um, all right, we're going to get to linebacker real quick before we wrap up, guys. I did want to get to to Mad Tom K's questions here. He had two donations for a total of $6. And the second one was just adding another name in there um, for his first question. Uh, but it was, okay, you can sign only one of these four players. Safety, Jesse Bates. Defensive tackle, Javon Hargrave. Defensive tackle, Deron Payne. Or edge rusher, Yannick Ngakwe. Who would you pick, Eric, and why? Oh. That's, that's a tough one. You have to take the, Now, I imagine you take the projected contract into account as well. I'm 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 gonna ask Hargrave right off the bat for me because of the age. Hargrave is gonna be thirty. So Yeah. I would nothing against Hargrave. He's playing at a great level, but like I would already lean to, to getting one of the younger guys just off of I I would say I will say Yannick. The reason why I would say Yannick is A is the big is arguably the biggest need on the team. B, when it comes to Jesse Bates, while Jesse Bates is the best free safety option this offseason, I'm not sure. I, Me personally, I don't know how you see it, but me personally, I think bringing in a guy like Nielsen may it, it may do away with the single high free safety. is going to do away with it. And I think that's that's his bread and butter. That's where he... That's where he thrives in as that single high free safety that's able to just patrol on the back end. And I, I think they're going to, you're going to see a whole lot more two safety looks, which means I feel like guys like Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is a better value. Yeah, I don't disagree with you there. I, I think when Dean Pease retired, it threw a little bit of water on Jesse Bates because getting that interchangeable safety like Bates was really important for Dean Pease defense, I felt. And with Nielsen, they're going to play more traditional cover two and they're going to play mm-hmm. more they're still going to play single high but it's going to the safeties don't switch around as much so like you can get more of a pure free safety and a pure box safety in that Nielsen defense like a Marcus Williams and a you know Chauncey Gardner Johnson sort of thing um mm-hmm. so I, I still like the idea of Jesse Bates coming in here but I do think it got a little bit less likely with the change mm-hmm. in, in defensive scheme. But again, we don't know if Nielsen wants to do exactly what Dennis Allen did or if he wants to do his own thing. I mean, it could be very different. We, I don't suspect it'll it be, be super different, but it could be somewhat different. So it could be. Um, so I, I'll, I'll say Yannick. And, and a lot of it is based on what I said earlier about how I really want this team to bring in a solid veteran piece at edge rusher to help that. Like to me, that would help develop Ebiketti and Malone long-term. Like yeah. if you're if you're if you're going into the 2023 season and Miles Murphy was drafted and you're going into the season with Murphy, Ebiketti, and Malone as your top three edge rushing rotation, I'm going to be nervous. I just I I feel much better. I'm able to sleep much better at night if I have Yannick in that group compared to just going heavy 
going, you know, drafting high and, and taking a guy and saying, all right, let's work with this. Yeah. No, I think that's that makes sense. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I, I, I think I also lean Yannick because I think the price tag will be more reasonable too. Like it'll probably be closer to 15 instead of like over 20 for everybody else on that list. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I think agree with I think Bates is getting 20 just because he's just by far the best safety on the market. But, um, and safeties have started to get paid. So, um, I think in a defense like Dean P's where the safety is just so important, I could have seen, I could have justified paying that price. I just don't, with Nielsen, I don't know if he values the safety to that extent. Um, so we'll see. But I, I what's, what's interesting to me, I think Gardner Johnson can bring some of that uh Tyron Matthew value where you can just take him and put him in certain spots. And to me, that's the better investment than paying Jesse Bates $20 million a year. Yeah. I rather I rather give Gardner Johnson $12 million a year and let him be my free safety slash strong safety slash at times nickel roll. I, I rather he be that guy. Yeah. No, that makes sense to me. Right, that makes that makes perfect sense. Um Linebacker we'll touch on real quick. Uh, not as yeah. exciting in terms of the free agent class, but there are definitely some guys out there. Um, you know, there, there was a report that the Falcons and, and Rashawn Evans were interested in, in, in re-signing, like both sides. So I think Rashawn Evans makes a lot of sense to just bring him back as, as you know, your veteran sort of starter. But we all know he's, he's, he's limited in coverage with what he can do there. You know, pretty much all, uh, you know, Leighton Vanderush at the Cowboys had a big bounce back year. He could be someone that's interesting. Um, you know, Levante David, will the Bucks re-sign him? Obviously, he's 33, so you're not getting a ton more years out of him, but obviously David a great Long player. From, yep. Mm-hmm. Tennessee. David Long from Tennessee. Um, everyone, you know, everyone is I think everyone is pretty much familiar with the name Caden Ellis at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, another another guy from New Orleans that can definitely uh create a Saints to Falcons pipeline this offseason. Mm-hmm. Um so keep keep your name keep your your uh, your eyes open for him. Um, outside of that, it's it's not really much to it's not really much to drive home here when it comes to this linebacker group. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean like Quincy Tremaine Williams. Evans, yeah. yeah, Quincy Williams of the Jets. I like yeah. Drew Tranquil. Yeah. I like. Um, but you know, are they, they are they significantly better than Rashawn Evans? Yes, That's but like, yeah. I mean, I think yes, but like. I mean, they're significantly better than Michael Walker. I think they're better than Rashawn Evans. <laughs> um, significantly better than uh, Michael Walker. But it's it's more like I'd rather have Rashawn Evans as sort of like the third linebacker, the the like maybe your base package guy that comes in if you're going to play more 4-3 sets, like traditional 4-3 sets. Um, mm-hmm. And then I, I'd rather have an upgrade in coverage for the other spot. But they could also draft someone too. Like, I mean, I don't know that they have to spend big money here. They could go for more of like a depth, a depthy veteran here, you know, um, mm-hmm. but we'll see, but I, I, there's definitely names out there and, and off ball linebackers just other than the top guys, they just don't make a ton, you know, Tremaine Edmonds at the bills, um, another guy. Um, so th- they don't get huge money. So you he's can get, get a, a decent guy out there. Yeah. He's going to get paid. Oh yeah. Edmonds Some of these guys will, but not all of them. Most of them won't, you know? So, yeah. um, just off ball linebackers. They just, they just tend to not get paid. Um, they just really don't except for the top guys. So you can, if you're, if you're patient, you can sort of see who falls through the cracks, pick up some guys. And, and, uh, I think you could be pretty happy with who, who shakes free, but, um, 
yeah, I don't think I don't think this is a spot where they go out and spend premium money because they got Troy Anderson. I think they're going to re-sign Rashawn Evans. They're probably going to draft someone on day three. Um, yeah, Deion Jones. Yeah, we're, no, we're not having that conversation. <laughs> he would never come back here, even if they, uh, even if they offered him big money. But uh, and Nico, um, I, I and I, I think they, I think they, throughout the all-star draft process of you know Senior Bowl and Shrine Bowl, I think we we saw enough to see that the team had interest in guys in the draft as well at the linebacker spots. I know one one name that came to mind is uh, Jeremy Banks out of Tennessee um, was a guy that um, impressed the coaching staff at the Shrine Bowl. Um, so if they, I, it's not a situation where they need the draft high, but I think there's enough day three guys that's going to intrigue them enough to say, hey, let's, re- let's re-sign Rashawn and get one of these guys here on day three and let that be our linebacker core going forward along with Michael Walker as well. I don't, I, I, I can't see them spending a ton of money at linebacker this offseason. No, I, I think they, they may sign another like veteran two to three million a year guy, but I don't think it's going to be big money. They may just sort of. Kate Nellis. Yeah. That sounds like, like that. it. Kate, yeah. Yeah. Resign, resign Evans, bring in Caden Ellis and say, all right, yeah. let's call it a day. Yeah, and we'll see if Michael Walker finds more favor with this coaching staff, but he he's someone that could be a cap casualty if he doesn't like they're not going to cut him like before training camp or anything, but like if he's not cracking the big rotation, they may move on and save. Like, I think it's on the bubble from preseason. I think he could be. Now, that's that was assuming Dean Pease though. He clearly was not favored by Dean Pease at all, but you know, it could change with Ryan Nielsen and um they do save 2.7 million if they move on before week one. Mm. So, you know, mm. if he's not going to be a primary rotational player, they may just move on. Um, so we'll, we'll see, but, um, you know, a couple guys are like that where they could potentially save some, some cash, uh, by moving on, you know, Jalen Hawkins, Matt Hennessy, uh, not that I think that they will necessarily move on from any of those guys, but it could be a consideration if they're not cracking any significant role. So, yeah, yeah, I think they're gonna. There's gonna definitely gonna be a number of cuts this offseason. <laughs> um, well, they're also, the, you know, especially on defense where they're really changing. So, yeah, um, especially on defense. Yeah, but uh, okay, we got one final question before we wrap up here. It's for Eric. He wants to know uh, some pointed ESPN questions here from Jason Gates. Uh, thank you, Jason. He says, "Have you ever uh, gotten to see Marcus Spears upset about the Cowboys after every after their disappointing playoff losses?" And have you ever had a chance yes. to uh, ask Dan Orvlosky about running out of the end zone for a safety? <laughs> um, yes, I've seen I've seen Spears get upset up close and personal. I've been I've been in studio as he's you know just <laughs> as he's <laughs> venting about the Cowboys. Absolutely, the Orlovsky thing. Um, me personally, I've never asked him of that simply because he gets enough of it from the NFL live crew as it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's, he's a good sport about it, man. Like he's, he's not one of those guys that's like, don't ask me anything about that. Like he will, if you, if you make a, a you know, a, a decent enough joke about it, he'll, he'll, he'll laugh along with you as well. But they, the crew, the like Spears and Ryan Clark and Mina, they give him enough stuff already about running out of back of the end zone. So other, everyone else is kind of sort of lays off on that. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good yeah. to know. Yeah, that makes me feel. Yeah. I I don't feel like you have to rub it in then if, if he's a good sport about it. So no, uh, no, no. Yeah. He's he's a good sport. He makes jokes about that's it good. himself. So that's great. Yeah. Well, 
Eric, it's been a great show. We covered a lot of ground with the front seven tonight. Uh, guys, he is Eric Robinson at underscore Eric underscore Robinson. Eric, anything you'd like to plug before we sign off tonight? Man, I'm plugging the Falcoholic as always, man. I'm not I'm not there no longer, of course, but that, you know, that that is a absolute one-stop shop for anything, any and everything Falcons. You know, I'm I know for sure. Kevin is going to be cranking out his scouting reports this offseason. So please be on the lookout for those. Very good insight. Very good dialogue from Kevin. He watches plenty of tape. He doesn't just watch YouTube highlight videos. <laughs> the, the guy really does break down tape uh, very well. So be on the lookout for that. Falcoholic.com. That's where you need to be. Absolutely. I'd echo, echo that 100%, especially the parts about me. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we appreciate, appreciate you coming on as always, Eric. We'll definitely yeah, get you, you on. Got a mock coming out soon? I have one coming out on Monday. Uh, so you can hit gotcha. that up on falcon.com. See, perfect, perfect. You know, see, this is why we know yeah. you're in the biz. You just, you just really teed it up for me there. So, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Nico, no, we're still figuring out what to do with the podcast, whether we'll have to change the name or not. Uh, you know, We'll see, but either way, it's it'll be fine. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll keep you guys in the loop. Don't worry about it. Um, but uh, yeah, guys, I'm Kevin Knight at Falcoholic Kevin. Like Eric said, check out everything on thefalcoholic.com. Everything you need. Uh, give us that like. Give us that subscribe. Uh, hit the the bell or whatever for the notifications if you want to know when we're going live. Uh, yeah, Eric knows. Yep. Um, and then. If you're listening to the podcast audio, leave us that five-star review. That will port over if we change podcast names because we do get to keep the feed. So that's nice, at least. Um, and, uh, yeah, we will keep you guys posted all throughout the offseason uh, as we continue to drill down on the draft, on free agency. Uh, and we're just a couple weeks away from the combine now, and then the free agency will be the week after that. And then Ooh. we'll be just a little over a month away from the draft itself. So we are... Uh, we are ramping up uh, everything. So, guys, thank you, you so smell much. That, Kevin? Hmm. It's, it's draft season. I can smell it. It's no draft season. It's the best time of year. The best oh, time of year. It's beautiful. Sports, film sessions, yep. and mock drafts. Oh, oh yeah. Is, Love it. Love it. Every If I had a nickel <laughs> for every comment that was like, oh, there's no way this mock draft's going to be accurate, you know. That, yeah, I'd, right, I'd probably right, have ten dollars right. by now, you know. <laughs> we, we both would have some, some money in our pocket. I could go Absolutely. get, you know, I could go get a fast food. I could go get some Chipotle with that money at this point. So why would um, you do that? Why would you do that to your stomach, man? Like that's, well, you know, well, you know, the comments make me sick, and then the Chipotle makes me sick. So I feel like it's fair, right? Now. <laughs> no, I love your comments, guys. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. Uh, but yeah, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time on the Falcoholic Live. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be back next Wednesday at 8 p.m. as always for the next episode. Until then, guys, have a great night. We'll see you next time. See ya.